The 2023 Ballon d'Or France football footballer is Lionel Messi. Yeah, 100%. We're like, obviously, it was our first training session back this morning, and we spoke about it in our team meeting, being back on home soil again and um, being able to play in front of a home crowd. We've got a, a home crowd advantage this weekend. They obviously had that last weekend, but be looking to go out there and, and put his foot forward for uh, the last game. That has hit so hard. What a way to bring up your first T2050 for New Zealand. For now, Allen's done it in style. He's done it with class and he's done it with power. Good morning and welcome into the show. It's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast here on SENZ. Ricardo in the studio. Kempe up north at uh, the ranch in Kirikiri. How you doing, Kempe? You managed to survive Halloween up there, brother? Good morning. I'll tell you what, superstition. That got plenty of play last night, the old Stevie Wonder song. Um, yeah, man, Halloween. What a, what a hell of a night up here uh, last night. The wind had stopped. Uh, the stars had come out actually Rick, late in the afternoon, it was a good day up here, plenty of work um, happening up here at, uh, at my joint, but my girl, she really likes uh, Halloween, so we uh, we put her away and, and hit her away for a while while we decorated uh, a little bit around the place with Halloween, as you saw with the pictures that I was sending through, and we had, uh, yeah, we had a couple of hours of fun up here, um, you know, we didn't have no trick-or-treaters come down, was wait- I was waiting for them. But uh, no one showed up. You just never know when uh, those kids will show up, do you? So um, another Halloween uh, been and gone. And, yeah, one one of the more enjoyable ones, I've got to say. Oh, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. My daughter went out trick-or-treating last night with some friends. And uh, she came home. I've never seen somebody come home with so many lollies uh, from trick-or-treating. You know the, you know the big uh, bowls that you would have, like, uh, Thai noodles in? Oh, those big yeah. bowls, like so proper yeah. big bowls. She's got one of those that's mounded, and then she's had to actually put more in another bowl because it didn't all fit. So, so do you know where the stash is? You know, because you, oh, it's you in the fridge. Sta- oh, it's, she doesn't even have to hide it. <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, well, we got a bit, a little bit of chocolate. We, you know, we didn't go crazy on it, um, fuzzy, but it. Uh, yeah, it is that time of the year, isn't it, where kids get so much. Chocolate lollies. I know. I know. Um, in Auckland, there's a couple of areas that people go to, and mate, the kids get so much stuff. Absolutely loaded with uh, all sorts of chocolates and lollies. Actually, got a. I got a couple of uh, Halloween lollipops yesterday morning on on my way through Kitty Kitty. I stopped in for a coffee at one of the drive-throughs here, um, which is just a you know little business that a couple couple of people run and. Called him for a coffee there, and and yeah, really good buggers. They had a couple of lollipops, free lollipops out for the for the for the punters on the day. So Halloween and sweets started early yesterday. Rick Dog, I'm uh, I got to say I didn't I didn't hoe into the sweets. We had a we had a nice uh, nice dinner after after our celebrations last night. But yeah, I'm uh, I've just got to you know it goes for me Halloween into my mum's birthday, which will be on the weekend. I'm actually heading down to Taranaki to see you um, because it's our 90th. Jubilee down there as well, 
this weekend. So uh, a nice weekend. Looking, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, mate, that should be massive. And of course, you got also got Guy Fawkes as well, uh, which only a few days away. And uh, you kind of about that time of year, you feel for the animals around the place because uh, I mean, I know I don't know about you, but Tiatatu Peninsula. Right, we've had fireworks going off the last three nights. We're not even bloody close yet, you know. So still got another few days to go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know, it's not as bad as what it used to be. But the fireworks, uh, I think, I think because you only buy them in 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 small packages now, people tend to hold them and they they are let off. On, mate, they're still going post Christmas, you know, into the new year. Someone will have still have their their little. What do you call that? Their their box of of their stash. yeah, they you know you buy them those big boom boxes or whatever, and you'd be sitting there and all of a sudden someone next door's letting them off at five o'clock in the afternoon when the sun's out. You know, it's like what are you doing? What are you doing, you you plonker? Yeah, you know, plenty of drop kicks around, mate. Plenty of drop kicks around. That's for sure. Hey, let's get into it because we got a who am I back today, Kempy, for a hundred dollar Adidas uh, golf voucher. Get away with Adidas golf. Visit adidas.co.nz. Slash get away with golf. T's and C's apply. Here is clue number one for you. I played for three NRL clubs in my career, including the Magpies and the Storm. Got it. You got it? He's He's got it. Have you got well, it? Well, there was a there, there were the couple. Yeah, there were a couple. When, when I read that first clue, there were a couple of players um, that had played for the Magpies. But when you, when you named the three, I was like, yep. I know, I know who that guy is. You know who that guy is? All right. So double eight, double three. if you know who that is, well, that's the first clue for you. $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Two more clues for who am I still to come. Double eight, double three is the text line. All right, let's get to this. Round one, five. It is triple threat, the big questions of the day, and uh, they don't come much bigger than the Kiwis team was released last night to take on the Kangaroos this weekend in the Pacific Championship. Uh, Kempe, no changes in personnel, but just one change in the lineup. With um, I think Kieran Foran's gone to the bench, uh, and Fomo Brown is, is is in the starting lineup. Uh, any any takeaways from what Madge named yesterday? Yeah, there there are you know, and I, I mentioned this to the boys over SCN on Monday when I did a, a, um, a had a chat to them about the the game on Saturday night. Um, there'll be a, a hell of a lot of eyes over this game, especially if Madge is, is looking to fill the New South Wales position. And uh, we took, we spoke about that with Hugh McGahn yesterday. You know, when you look at that Australian side, they bring back in uh, Liam Martin into the back row and you've got Payne Haas and, and Tino back into the front row. Defensively and offensively, they get just that much better. You know, those two big blokes carrying the football... And defensively, the speed of their line coming off their line um, is going to be nice and tight. But the big one for uh, everyone, I suppose, is, is watching the, the Queensland spine, watching how Harry Grant comes off the bench. Ben, Hart st- ben Hunt starts at hooker with Daly Cherry Evans and, and Cameron Munster. And if you're a New South Welshman, you're saying, well, how do you stop him? You know what I mean? Mm. So I would have thought that you would have put after that game on on Saturday, and I know they're talking home advantage, um, I would have thought that they would have put Joey Manu back to fullback, because you're not going to win a game with a fullback that runs less than a, than a hundred metres, and it's a hell of a big game that Chance has to pull out at fullback this weekend to really get the job done for the Kiwis and the start of the job done for the Kiwis. So 
although he may have named the, the team, Farmanu Brown at hooker, I still see Kieran Foran starting. Okay. I still see Kieran Foran starting. I think he'll start. Um, the question is, does he put Joseph Manu back to fullback? And if it was me, you've got to try and break up that, that um, aggressive defensive line, and Joey Manu can do that. Do you think it's one of those situations where we might see Chance play uh, in the line at uh, when when the uh, when we're on defence and then and Joey go back to fullback and then switch it around or? Well, possibly, yeah, possibly you could do that. Um, it's a it's going to be a bit of an an ask, you know, when you've got Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes at, at five eight and and half, you don't really need to change it around a hell of a lot because mm. you've got. You know, two pretty good halves playing in that in that offensive line. Um, so Joey Manu, you, what what I would tend to do is just leave Joey Manu there for his carries and play him, let him rest up. You know, when the, when all the defence comes in, so you're not getting the same bloke when he's defending in the centres as you are when you've got a full him at fullback and all that attacking run meters that he can bring you. So, you know, does he do it? Um, I'd say as, as a as something different if he. If he goes behind like they did last week really early, um, I think he'll, he, he'll have it in the back of his mind that maybe Joey Money goes back to that, that spot anyway. And what about the Kangaroos? Uh, you've touched on a few of the changes they made there. Of course, one of the big ones is one of the big names that we probably won't see unless uh, he gets activated. But 18th man now is uh, Nico Hines. Yeah, well, he's got a really hard decision to make in it. And this is you know, the depth that they've got, Australia, in the um, when you can pull players... You know, you just look at Dylan Edwards getting a run on the wing. You know, he, he still hasn't played Origin yet. He's born, been brought into the Kangaroo side and, he, and he's been brought into the unfamiliar position as winger. Um, and Nico Hines, although he played last week, I think I think he you, you can't really drop too many of those really good forwards. You know, Cotter on the bench, Carrigan. Carrigan they've just got such depth in that, in that side of good players, especially covering... Where I think Mel um, has picked his side is the middle of the park because I, I think Fisher Harris, Leota, um, uh, Nelson Osefa Solomona, Leota, uh, um, those type of blokes that run quite aggressively through the middle. What what he's looking to do, Mel, is when they go off, he's thinking that's when we get them. So when they they make those changes, Harry Grant comes on with with the good leg speed of Carrigan, and it just goes at the same level or even steps up a level. Um, for me, that's where the real danger is: is when that Harry Grant change and his his, his middle forwards come on, come on uh, for the likes of Tino and Pass, because it just goes to another level again. Round two. More talk yesterday about PNG, uh, a side uh, being for the 18th franchise in the NRL. Uh, put your CEO cap on, Kempi. If you're CEO of this team, who are you going to tap up to coach it in its inaugural season? Well, I'd be, you know, I've had, a, I've had a decent think about this. You know, when you're looking at what the Dolphins done with Wayne Bennett, you know, you've gone to someone that, that has had to put a, a resume together um, of players that are going to complement the Dolphins. I think you have to go for experience. And you look through the competition, where does that experience lie? Look, I would be throwing the kitchen sink at, at Craig Bellamy. You know, I think, I think that if... if Papua New Guinea come into the competition, they'll probably base themselves out of Brisbane and play some home games up in Papua New Guinea. Um, and I think for Craig Bellamy being from Brisbane, it, it'd be an ideal 
what would you what would you call it swan song for him to go there but it's not him going to coach them it's what he brings for that that 18th franchise and I think if you're looking at a coach you need someone who's going to bring players with him you know if you if you put a young um, coach and let's say like a a Holbrook for instance that's that's gone from the Titans well who is he going to who is he going to sign like how much how much impact does he have in the, in the roster um, in getting players if you look at what Wayne Bennett done he went to Melbourne and he signed you know arguably four of their more senior players in the Bromwich brothers and Carfussi. Um he took he took Fido um, Tabo from North Queensland, who's been outstanding, and now playing in the, in the centres for the Kangaroos. Cody Nikarima, you know, he just he just went into the market and he was able to capture a massive bunch of, of first graders. So, I think if you if you're looking for someone to coach the NRL um, Papua New Guinea side, let's that's argu- that's argumentative too, Rick, because do they get the franchise? Yeah, well, that's you the know, thing. There's, there's, there's talk of North Sydney back in the run, and and I still think it should be in New Zealand. Um, but if you are, I, I would say you'd have to go for someone like a Craig Bellamy. North Sydney Bears are jumping into bed with everyone. They were they were in bed with the Perth idea, and uh, now the guy who uh, who's the chairman of the North Sydney Bears has put his hand up and said, "Hey, we'll work with the Pacific Island team. I'll play half the games in North Sydney, play half the games in the Pacific Islands, no problem." So uh, it'll be an interesting one. I'll throw a name at you, just in terms of somebody with what we would call mana. Uh, and who would have a following and would bring players with him and things as well. What about Mel Meninga? Well, yeah, Mel, Mel Meninga going back into the... Like, you know Mel Meninga is an absolute god in Papua New Guinea. Well, that's, that was my thinking, yeah. Yeah, um, and he's been up there playing test matches. They take up the Prime Minister's 13 every year. They've got they've got such a strong relationship, the Australian Rugby League, with the, the Papua New Guinean... Um, rugby league and, and the way that they do those games annually. If Mel Meninga was the guy that that um, was offered that role, mate, and he took it, well, he 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 could be um, one of those guys too that took a lot of players with him. So that not a bad call, Rick. You know, that's whether whether he'd consider it. Um, I think if he goes into the NRL, he's got to let go of the Australian job. Yeah, well, I mean, mate, he's done five eights, hasn't he? In the Aussie job with COVID and everything, he hasn't really done a lot. Um, and he'd certainly uh, be getting his hands dirty, getting back into it and doing the week-to-week week week stuff. Well, then the New Zealand and the Australian, I'm just going to say the New Zealand and, and the Australian um, coaching jobs are the easiest pay packets I've ever had to get in the last three to four years. Oh, 100%, mate, 100%. All right, number three for you, Aussie rugby. It's in a mess at the moment. Uh, they've even admitted themselves that they don't know what's next or where to next. So the question for me is, Joseph Suwali, he's supposed to be going to play rugby union next year. Do you think it'll happen? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're you're looking at Eddie Jones's ten months that he's had in the Australian Rugby Union, and of course, one of the biggest um, players that that we had coming through in the NRL was Joseph Swally, Lee, and and he's gone to the Australian Rugby Union. It'd be interesting to see how his contract's been mapped out from his managers, whether or not he has a release calls if Eddie Jones goes, because there are players that have those if they've signed with a coach. Um, I think he stays. I think I think deep down, you know, with him signing at that stage of his career, which he's, he, he, he's had a good year, not a fantastic year, but he's had a good year in the NRL. I think by him signing for the Australian Rugby Union, his heart has always been in Rugby Union. So I think for from his personal perspective, he probably wants to go back and try himself 
out against the likes of the All Blacks and the the Lions, you know, the English teams, the French, the the Irish. Um, the question is like, who comes in to mentor him? Because at the moment there's no one. You know, does the CEO get get um, the heave ho? You know, Eddie Jones has you know been smart about how he's done it and walked away. Um, I would I would say he stays, but it's the the question is around who, well who surrounds him and mentors him through the transition back into rugby union. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how that tracks. Given that was all Eddie Jones's idea, and five mil if you're Australian rugby is a lot of money to throw at one player. He can't do anything with the pill if he doesn't get the pill, and he's going to be out on the wing for most of it. So uh, yeah. it's a lot of a lot of money for a winger, eh? Yeah, when man. You, when you think when you think about it, and you listen um, to. I, I, there's a couple of Australian ex-captains that have spoken about the money should have gone back into grassroots. Yeah, I I think the the um, question is not about who coaches Australia, but who fixes the problem. And that that for me is does this does the current CEO stay or does he go? I reckon he's got to go, mate. To be honest, I mean mm. this was all his idea. This is all off his back. So um, yeah, and apparently he's not the easiest bloke to get along with. That is all the reports that are coming out of Australia and out of Sansa. So we'll see. Uh, that'll be a I'll watch this space. Need a new mobile plan? Visit Kogan Mobile. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. Double eight, double three.